Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Just getting rolling here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. It's the Youngest in Charge movement. Linnell Willingham taking you up to 10 o'clock before we dish the rock over to the JR Sport Brief. He will take you into the early hours of Thursday morning. Speaking of Thursday, a day of great importance here locally, the Washington Commanders play game number five of the regular season. The third straight sellout. They're at home tomorrow night, taking on Justin Fields and the 0-4 Chicago Bears. Bears. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, Metal Chris. But no, I uh, I said it earlier, and I'll continue to say it throughout the show. And I don't mean to make any threats, because like in all actuality, like who am I to say I'm going to not do something? But if Washington loses to Chicago, and it's a huge if that I don't even want to talk about, but I got to just get my point across. If they find a way to lose tomorrow night against the Chicago Bears, I'll turn in my key card. I'll turn in my key card. I will quit if they lose tomorrow night at Chicago. I heard some discussion going on earlier in the week. You're just going to make me come down there and get a door for you (laughs) is what's going to happen. That may ultimately be the case, right? But look, I'm like this, man. For the first four weeks of the season, you're two and two. We all figured you'd probably be in this spot when the schedule first came out. You're two and two. All of your goals are right in front of you. You want to be a playoff team. You're in your four or five-year deal talking about Ron and his staff. It is win or go home. All of that is on the forefront. All of that is on the cutting room floor. So if you lose to Chicago, are you serious about any of your actual goals throughout the season? Can you be considered a respectable franchise? I always say, we're the Washington get-rights. That used to be the old nickname, right? The Washington get-rights. Whenever a team was struggling in a certain aspect of their game, they would come in and they'd have Washington the next week and they'd get it all together. I hope that that is done with. I really do. I said I wanted to look at the playoff picture. I wanted to look at where Washington ranked amongst the 
six two and two teams in the NFC conference. Atlanta, who you play next week. The Rams, who you play about a month from now, about a month and a half from now. The Packers and the Saints. So as I was getting ready for the show this morning, I said, you know what? Let's be objective, right? I understand I'm the youngest in charge. I'm a fan at heart. Woo, woo, woo. Get all of that. Realistically speaking, amongst Washington is the sixth, technically, two and two football team. Amongst the six two and two teams, where does Washington rank? Where does Washington rank? And I said, you know what? This is kind of easy. This is kind of an easy exercise. I continue to say it, and I'll give you more of this next week. I am out on the Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter. <laughs> Did you see Mac Hollins in the, the clip of those two that went viral over the weekend? Their game over in London. Desmond Ritter, after a pick, tries to come to the sideline and dap up Mac Hollins. And he wanted none of it. It's like one of those questions where you know damn well you ain't been acting right at home, and then you ask to go outside, or you ask to get dropped off somewhere, and as soon as you ask, can I? Your parents jump up and blah, 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 blah. That's what it felt like Sunday morning when Desmond Ritter walked to the sideline to try to show Mac Holland some love. He wasn't hearing any of it. So the Falcons at 2-2, two and two, I, I don't think they're for real. I just think Washington 1-53 through 53 is just more talented than that group. The Packers, another really interesting case study. Matt LaFleur is coaching his ass off. I'll say that because Jordan Love in the offense – They've had a litany of injuries, yet they're still 2-2 two and two and have remained competitive throughout the first month of the season. They just have. When I really break it down and try to see where Washington stacks up amongst the 2-2 two and two teams, I first look at quarterback, which is why it's easy for me to put the Atlanta Falcons below this group because I just think Desmond Ritter, to this point, hasn't played as well as Sam Howell has. His ceiling is not what Sam Howells is. The Packers, Jordan Love, relatively unproven. Let's just call it what it is, right? I think Sam Howell and this Washington offense, when they are clicking, when they are playing their best football, probably can say that they're better than the Green Bay Packers. The Saints. The Saints are interesting to me because I was high on them. Then they got mollywopped on Sunday at home against their division rival, Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell Plus, as I like to call him, <laughs> and the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's what their fate was on Sunday. The defense has been good. The offensive line is meh. Derek Carson, meh. Alvin Kamara came back last week. Quick nugget on Alvin Kamara, ladies and gentlemen. I was watching, I don't know what podcast I was listening to when they gave me this nugget. Alvin Kamara on Sunday, I believe it was his season debut. 13 receptions for 33 yards. It's the most receptions, excuse me, it's the, it's the most receptions to not go over 50 yards. I believe in the history of the National Football League. Embarrassing. The Saints are a shell of themselves offensively. They're a team that I feel like Washington... If they had to match up head-to-head, they could get. That leaves me with these two teams, the Tampa Bay Bucks and the L.A. Rams. When I look at how Washington stacks up with both of these groups, luckily for them, they get to go head-to-head against the Rams. So in terms of the NFC playoff picture, they will directly control their destiny, so to speak, in terms of the Rams. 
I like Matthew Stafford more than I like Sam Howell. I'm not going to lie. Cooper Cup getting activated off PUP this week. His 21-day window to practice is officially opened up. You pair him up with Puka Nakua, who has been the most out-of-nowhere revelation of the entire season. You pair that group up. Kyron Williams running the football well on the ground. Tutu Atwell taking the top off of defenses. And then Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald still amongst the league leaders in pressure rate in the National Football League. That defense, that defense, while they don't have many household names outside of Aaron Donald, they're playing good football. I just think it's tough. This next three weeks, I think Washington will show you exactly who the hell they are. Because I think to some people, they're still floating around in that tier. I think to some people, they're still floating around in that tier of the Giants and the Jets and and, and teams that aren't for real, right? The Falcons, the Bucks. Bucks are three and one, by the way. So there's that. (laughs) But look. You feel like you have to win tomorrow night against Chicago. You have to win next weekend at Atlanta, all for 10 days rest. You have to win against the most putrid team in the sport, the New York Giants, the 99ers themselves, as I like to call them, getting outscored by 99 points this year if you take away that second-half explosion that they had against the Arizona Cardinals. You then got a rematch with Philadelphia. You can be 5-2 and two going into that game. I continue to say it because that's what your boy wants. That's what your boy hopes and prays for is that they're 5-2 and two going into that game. All of your goals are still out in front of you. So in terms of where this group ranks amongst the 2-2 two and two teams, competition is the L.A. Rams. And I'll be honest, which I get a Rams a slight nod because of the quarterback position. I don't know how many of you watch L.A. Rams football through the first month of the season. Matt Stafford is slinging the pill. They're a formidable formidable group. Sean McVay is coaching them really well. Washington will get to match up with that group second week of December. So buckle up for it. Hopefully, once they get to that point, this defense is much improved. Hopefully, once they get to that point, offensively, They're more consistent. But until then, like I said, I've watched four weeks of football to this point. Hell, for the Commanders, I've watched eight weeks of football because I've watched every game back twice. I still have no damn clue how good this group is, who they are, what are they made of. But I have a feeling, like I said, the next three weeks, we will sure as hell find out. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, our first guest of the program is set to join us here tonight. Our pal, Michael Phillips, the host of MP on the mic on our sister station, 910 The Fan AM in Richmond, is set to join us. Michael, give us his thoughts on Commanders and Bears, and he'll give us some overarching thoughts on what he thinks about the Burgundy and Gold as we sit here at the quarter pole mark in the National Football League season. Bears and Commanders preview coming up next here on The Fan with Michael Phillips joins the show.
That's next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. Coming up in about 20 minutes or so, it's the most esteemed power ranking system in all of sports talk radio. It's Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. We'll get you that uh, before we get to the top of the 9 o'clock hour. Right now, though, super special guest joining us via the BetQL guest hotline. It is our pal, Michael Phillips, the host of MP on the Mike Weekdays, 10 to noon on our sister station, 910, the fan AM in Richmond. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael P in RVA. What's going on, MP on the Mike, how you feeling, my man? My man, I don't know how you jump from special guest to super special, but I am flattered. <laughs> Always good talking ball with you, my man. I'm happy I can return the favor. Got to hop on your program uh, after the beatdown against the Buffalo Bills. Fast forward two weeks, Mike. We're at the quarter pole, Mark. We're getting geared up for Thursday night football tomorrow night. Third straight sellout for the Hogs, the Harris Ownership Group, as I like to call them, Michael Phillips. <laughs> yes, yep. As we sit here at the quarter pole, Mike, I'm going to put you put your feet to the fire, so to speak. If you had to describe this group in one word after four weeks, what would it be? I, I'd say promising. I, promising. I, I mean, okay. I, I, I think that coming into the season, the two big questions we had were, what, what would happen with Sam Howell? Is he a legit NFL quarterback? And what's going to happen with Eric Bieniemy? Is, is he going to be able to thrive in that play-calling role? And I, I think what we saw bouncing back from the Buffalo loss and, and in the two wins to start the season was, yeah, I, I don't think we can definitively say either of them are there. Like, I'm not ready to say Bieniemy's the coach next year or Sam Howell's the future. Let's give him a long-term contract. Um, but but I'm not I'm not out on them either. I, I think it's promising. I, I think they're both showing good signs moving forward. Now that that statement probably leaves out the defense. I don't know if promising is <laughs> the right word there. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you know those are the two things I was really focused on coming into the season. The, Sam Howell 
and Eric Bieniemy, uh, and I'd have to say both have somewhat exceeded my expectations so far. Speaking of exceeding expectations, Mike, I remember the conversation all spring and all summer, for that matter, was what would they get out of this offensive line? And as we sit here at the quarter pole, Mark, I, I am shocked that I even get to come out of my out of my mouth and say this, and I'm not being facetious. If I would have told you that through the first four weeks, the defense will be a bigger problem than the offensive line, you would think I was taking crazy pills, correct? Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's a, yeah, you, you nailed it. Uh, and I'm not ready to, to declare this offensive line good, but but maybe serviceable. And right. that that's the Eric Bieniemy effect, right? This was a bad group last year. They essentially didn't do anything other than bringing in Andrew Wiley. And, and they're better this year. They're serviceable this year. Um, it's, I, I still have major depth concerns there. Yeah. Um, you know, injuries will happen. And I love that Charles Leno is dependable. I love that he doesn't miss games. Um, but he faded hard at the end of last year. You could yeah. see it in the final month of the season. Uh, I'm still very concerned about what happens there if he hits that slide because I, I, I don't trust you know, the, the names they have behind them there. I don't trust Andrew Wiley at this point, to be quite honest. Um, I, it, it's still a concern to me. What's funny is uh, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. their rookie right right tackle. Oh, man, you wish we'd kept Andrew Wiley, and we're over here like, man, they can have Andrew <laughs> Wiley back. Uh, it's just uh, there, there just aren't as many good tackles these days as there are good defensive ends getting after the yeah. quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and you know, that's certainly the case on this team. The, the pass rushers are better than the offensive line. Uh, but I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to hold up, but they have held up well enough to give the team that fighting chance that they need. And, yeah, you mentioned the defense. I, I guess maybe we should dive in here, huh? Yeah, I was listening to your conversation, Mike, that you had with our, our friend and colleague, uh, Sam Fortier of the Washington Post earlier. And an interesting conversation per usual between you two. The one thing that really catches my attention when we look at this group big picture, Mike, and obviously you, you want to hone in on the quarterback position, and that's what everyone wants to talk about. I'm at the point where there were already baked in excuses on offense for them failing, which is why mm-hmm. after the Buffalo performance, it was like, okay, you know, we kind of figured that like they would, they would be bad at points, but then they would always improve as the season moves on. On the flip side defensively, dude, and I understand this is a group that, should get better as the season goes on, but what do you make of the start? I mean, all of the capital, all of the resources that you have invested on that side of the football for them to be giving you this type of return on investment at this point in the season, it's inexplicable. And there's a stat that Sam gave earlier in his piece in the Washington Post that I wanted to get to with you, man. It's about the explosive plays that they've given up. Yeah. I believe it's seven explosive plays or five explosive plays given up through the past game. They yeah, had I, two more than they that went like last that. year. So, <laughs> in in a year where defense has been dominating across football, that's been the early storyline. Is boy, the defenses are well ahead of the offenses. Not here, uh, you know, not not in Washington so far. Uh, I am willing to spot them. The Buffalo game in the sense that I think they held for a while and yeah. then, you know, the dam burst open there. Um, but certainly it, it was rough against Philly. The, the core question here, you know, you look at Jack Del Rio, I think his philosophy, it's fair to say, has been, 
I got four great defensive linemen. I don't need to blitz. I don't need to do anything. They're just going to take care of business. And I, I think it's fair to ask now, you mentioned at the quarter poll, right? Great time to assess. Is that strategy working for them or, or do they need to mix it up? Do they need to get Derek Forrest into the box more? Do they need to bring guys down, rotate guys, send Jamin Davis, things of that nature? Um, they've got to do something though. Cause yeah, if, if you're getting, you know, that many points out of the offense in Philadelphia, that's a game you got to win. Um, it's, uh, it, it's tough. And I was equally concerned by the snap counts. I, I think that they, uh, they played the defensive players probably a little too long across the board without rotating in fresh bodies last week. That was a 76-snap game defensively. That's on the higher end. And overtime, end. it's on the higher end, and now you're coming back for the Thursday nighter real quick. Um, I, I got, I'm a little nervous about this tomorrow night. Really? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll admit to being a little nervous. Um, you know, you got a defense that's been worn down and didn't rotate and didn't get fresh legs in, and now you, you got to bounce back real quick and go against Justin Fields, the guy who looked. The Bears are trash. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not spilling any secrets there. Right. But that's a kid with some ability and some athleticism who can make some plays. And oh, by the way, that's been dangerous in the past. Dangerous to say the least, man. Look, I hope as long as we don't have any type of semblance of, of last year's Thursday night debacle. What was it, twelve to seven? Washington eked out of there with that win, and that was the old, I'm the one that read the analytics. I'm the one. Yes, you know, he so was. Hopefully, we don't have a repeat of that. Right now, we're joined by our friend Michael Phillips. Uh, you can catch him on MP on the mic weekdays, 10 to noon, over on our sister station, 910 The Fan in Richmond. Mike, we talked about the defense. You talked about the defensive line and Jack Del Rio's philosophy uh, on that side of the football. A big talking point this week uh, has been about the lack of impact from their second-round pick, Quan Martin. I do not believe, Mike, that he has registered a defensive snap to this point in the season with You're all correct. of the struggles that they're having defensively. Maybe do you think putting Quan Martin on the field is the answer when you're giving up big plays in the passing game? I know it'd be a funky way to do it. Seven DBs on the field at a time, maybe <laughs> just, just go all the way, <laughs> crank it up. I, I, I've been curious and look, it's a great depth piece, you know, for, for rotation or once the injury strike, but they, they haven't used him yet. I don't sweat Emmanuel Forbes, obviously terrible game against A.J. Brown. You know, we all saw it, the tapes out there. Um, I think he'll be fine long-term. The other thing is he's going to give up some big passes, but, you know, he's there because he's going to make up for it by right. taking the ball away and getting those those takeaways and those interceptions. He didn't. He kind of had one where he dove at it and, and didn't – and not came close, but, you know, was in the ballpark. Right. When he gets one of those, you're, you're, it's more easy to overlook the other ones that don't happen, that, that don't come through for him. Uh, and so I, I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll be fine eventually. I, my Quan Martin problem has nothing to do with whether or not Quan Martin plays. I, I don't really care, to be honest with you, whether or not he plays or you know any of these other guys play. I think they've got enough talent there that's all pretty interchangeable. What bothers me is you, you've got some real weaknesses on this team that could have been addressed with a second-round draft pick. It was, a, it was a head-scratcher for me at the time. It remains a head-scratcher now. Uh, I just, I, it's, it's hard to ignore that, that they had that draft pick in Eric Bieniemy's first year and, and didn't use it to go get an immediate impact playmaker in a year where that would have been 
really, really beneficial to have one. I mean, take your pick. Offensive line would have been great to have an offensive lineman. Running back would have been great to have a, a running back to ease your Antonio Gibson concerns. Uh, tight end, uh, you know, this is an offense that loves tight ends. Uh, still trying to figure out who that tight end is. It's going to get six targets a game. Just feel a linebacker. You always need a linebacker here. Geez, just feels like there were options. Uh, doing the draft coverage here on the Team 980, it was a big question mark. Uh, after the first yeah. two picks, you come up with no real idea as to how you're going to help out your young signal caller. On the flip side of that, though, Mike, the Atlanta Falcons decided to go the route of trying to insulate their young quarterback with their draft picks. And while they're getting good production out of Bergeron and out of B. John Robinson, the quarterback just isn't it. Yeah. When you look at what Washington has done for Sam Howell, that was one of my big questions. Will it, will it prove that they didn't do enough for him this offseason? Uh, but after the first month, man, am I speaking in a, high, in a hyperbole when I say this, Mike, that I feel like maybe we're closer to figuring out who the franchise quarterback is than not? You know, a week ago you couldn't have said that, and this <laughs> week you can say that. That's, that's the beauty of football. We'll get a new referendum tomorrow night. Uh, I want to look. Before I go further on Sam Howell, look in the crystal ball, though. Desmond Ritter's not getting it done in Atlanta. Uh, these guys go to Atlanta Uh-oh. next weekend. Uh-oh. We Uh-oh. are a thousand percent on the verge of a Taylor Heineke revenge game. <laughs> I, I just you, you see it, you see it coming from a mile away. Um, yeah, oh, Taylor Heineke's going to be our quarterback. Takes who are we playing? Washington. Oh, that's funny. Funny how that works out. Uh, <laughs> just 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 calling it now. Calling my shot now. Uh, no, it's um, with how I I mean look. Hey, there's still decision making that needs to be cleaned up. But I love that he's able to learn, and man, he bounces back uh, just really, really impressively inside of games between weeks. Um, I agree with you. If you were to say how, how confident are you in Sam Howell preseason and how confident are you in Sam Howell now, right now, tonight, uh, it's, it's more now. Yeah. You know, I can't quantify it. I don't know if I'm 60% confident, 65% confident, whatever it is. Right. It's a higher number, though, than it was preseason. I, I think so. I definitely agree with you on that front, man. Look, the one thing that you mentioned that I've been impressed with, the ability to learn from his mistakes, and EB famously each and every week continues to say, look, a lot of the times when he sees something, it is the first time he's ever seen it, so bear with him and have some patience. The one, thing, the one thing, though, MP, that I, that I go back to, and I, I believe I, I said it when I joined you about a week and a half ago, I, I just didn't think – with all the talent on both sides of the football, I just didn't think they were capable of losing a football game 37-3. to When you look <laughs> at the remaining portion of the schedule, Mike, do you think that ends up being looked at as like a blimp in the road or, or, or some type of reoccurring theme? Do you think they have another stinker in them? Well, if, if there's more 37 to 33, there's a, there's a new defensive coordinator next year. I know that for sure. Chase Young's not back for sure next year. Montez Sweat's probably not back next year if you're playing 37 to 33. Uh, it, it, it's going to turn ugly quickly. I, I like how this schedule is breaking in the sense the Falcons aren't playing well, the Giants aren't playing well. Yeah. Now, look, the Giants just always have this this team's number so i'm, I'm still going to be scared i'm going to white knuckle that game the whole way um <laughs> but but you know it's looking better trip to new england to play the patriots you couldn't ask for a better year for a trip to new england to play the patriots i i think the schedule is breaking really well 
in that regard. You get the Rams and Seahawks late in the year, and if you're rolling, I think those games are winnable. You get the Jets late in the year. That certainly looks a lot better than it did before right. the season. Um, I think the schedule is breaking well. Um, the loss to Philly told me this isn't a team that's capable of winning the division. Um, if they're not as good as Philly, they're probably not as good as Dallas. Um, but I, I wild card squarely in my sights here as we move forward. Final question for you, MP. Two-parter for you. Do you think a wild card is enough to secure the, the, the job status of this regime moving forward? And then what do you ultimately think happens tomorrow night? Well, I, and and I've been I've been saying this pretty consistently. Ron Rivera is not going to be the coach next year, and that's not to say the team won't play well. That's to say, if the team plays well, I think Eric Bieniemy's the coach next Ooh. year. Um, the, the, you can't let him out of the building if he proves himself to be the kind of guy who would be a good NFL head coach. He's going to get interviews. He's going to get offers. You, know, you can't let Sean McVay happen again. If you found a guy right. and you gave that guy the chance. You can't let him out of the building. So I, I, I see it happening either way. They, I guess there's a very fine middle line where they're like good but not good enough, and, and they run it back with the current staff for another year. Um, but I, and look, there, there's places for Ron there. You know, he, he can move into a senior role. He can stay in the building, whatever it is. I also think it's going to be very important to the new regime to put in a true personnel guy, general manager, and that will involve – obviously changing Ron's contract if you keep Ron. And that's a, that's a touchy, delicate subject. That's, yeah. that's not to say, you know, that, that Ron would be opposed to that or anything like that. As you, you read his comments from the preseason, he knows the score and he knows, he knows what he's up against. But I, I think he also, fairly, wants his credit for building this. If this ends up being <sighs> successful and I, if this thing wins the Super Bowl two or three years from now, I, I, I certainly think I will on my show – Give give him his flowers for doing that. Tomorrow night, man, I'm scared. I'm scared. I, I'm taking the Bears on the points for sure. Ooh, uh, I always want okay. points on Thursday night football. I, I'm nervous about this. I mean, I'm thinking about taking the Bears outright. Uh, wow. I, Mike, do you realize what the – first of all, I've already given a, a, an ultimatum. If they lose tomorrow <laughs> night, I'm turning my key card in. I quit <laughs> if they lose tomorrow <laughs> night, Mike. Man, oh, okay. Hang on to that key card, Linnell. We need you, man. We need you. <laughs> Appreciate you giving us some time, Mike. I'll uh, catch up with you soon. <laughs> Take care, dude. That is Michael Phillips, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you catch MP on the mic weekdays, Monday through Friday, over on our sister station, 910 The Fan AM in Richmond to hear the latest uh, on the Washington Commanders with our pal, Michael Phillips. As promised, before we get to the top of the hour, I will deliver you the most highly anticipated power ranking segment in sports radio today. It's Nell's Super Six Pack. My top six teams in the NFL. We'll get to that. Before we do, I teased it with Michael Phillips. Our pal Sam Fortier of the Washington Post put together a masterpiece article this morning titled The Highs, Lows, and Lessons of the Commander's Season Thus Far at the Quarter Pole. We take a look at the Washington Commanders through the lens of our pal Sam Fortier. That's next here on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Once again, I want to give a huge shout-out to our pal Michael Phillips, the host of MP on the mic over on one of our sister stations, 910 The Fan AM in Richmond. Uh, if you missed any of my conversation with Mike, you are in luck. Make sure you download the always free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back to the 8.15 segment to hear my conversation with Michael Phillips. Uh, not going to lie, I should have knocked on wood, so to speak, at points during that interview with MP. He puts together... Some really interesting takes in terms of what to really make of the commanders at the quarter pool, Mark. I asked him to describe the first month of the season in one word, and he used the word promising. And I'll be honest with you, I think if I had to choose a word, I'd probably choose the exact same word. There's got to be context with everything when we talk about this football team. Right now, they're tied for 16th in the NFL in points per game with a fifth-round quarterback under center. A guy that started one game coming into this season. 11 career completions ahead of week one. And it's worked out. Obviously, the big bugaboo, the big Achilles heel for this group right now is the defense. But the one thing that I feel like Mike hit on that, you know, I touched on a little bit earlier on in the show. You are getting ready to enter, to me, the most pivotal portion of your season. You are. After Chicago, four out of your next five are on the road. After Chicago, it gets real. You're going to find out exactly who the hell you are. Four out of your next five away from the crib at Atlanta, at New York. At New England, at Seattle. It's put up or shut up time for this group. The beautiful thing about it all is that it feels like, offensively at least, this is a bunch that we can genuinely, confidently say, you know what? They're going to continue to get better as the season moves on. They're going to continue to figure themselves out as the season progresses. That's where we're at right now. I still, to this point, don't feel like this group has an offensive identity to this point. I know what it probably should be. Very similar to what we saw on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Balance above all else for this group. And it's not balance for the sense of balance. To me, the most important thing for Washington, on the offensive side of the football specifically, is constantly putting themselves in these third and manageable situations. To me, that's the most important thing right now for Washington. It gives them the best chance to move the sticks, which gives you the best chance to score, right? And at the end of the day, when we came into this season, we looked at this side of the football, talking about offense, and said, man, if they can hold up their end of the bargain, If they can hold up their end of the bargain, who knows 
who knows just how good this football team could be. Because some of the numbers offensively are really promising. They're 11th in the NFL in a red zone touchdown scoring percentage. Meaning when they get down in the red area more times than not, they're finding a way to get into the end zone. Points per game, I told you they're 16th in the National Football League. If I would have told you, this, this is what I'm saying. Before the season started, if I would have told you that Washington was going to finish in the top 16 offensively, some of y'all would put y'all damn mortgage on it that this was going to be a postseason team. Which gets me back to the point that I feel like cannot be underscored, cannot be highlighted enough. This defense has got to pick up their end of the bargain. They just have to. They have to be better on that side of the football. If they are, if they even, if they ever turn a corner, if they could get themselves to play like a top 12 unit, it's a pretty damn good football team that Washington puts out there each and every Sunday. As promised, we've teased it all show long. When we come back, we'll follow through on ZTs. I know you all have been waiting for it, itching for it, tweeting at me, texting me, calling me. What the hell? When's the Super 6 pack coming? I need to know what you think. It's coming up next right here on The Fan. Now Super 6 pack. You're my top six teams in the NFL. Coming at you next here on The Fan. Oh, yeah. But another hour or so left to go. Here in this Wednesday night edition of Overtime, before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. Coming up at about 9.15, our pal Eric Eager, the co-host of the Sumer Sports Podcast with former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. He is set to join the program. We'll take a big picture spin around the National Football League and look at all the top storylines uh, after the first month of action in the NFL. We will also preview Thursday night football between the Commanders and Bears and we'll get Eric Eager's take on the quarterback position here in Washington uh, through the first month of the regular season. That's coming up at 9.15 when Eric Eager joins the show. Right now, though. The committee's coming. The committee's coming. The committee's coming. It's time for now Super Six Pack. My top six teams. In the National Football League. A lot of shakeups in this week's Super Six Pack. It's a crazy weekend in the NFL. I'll be honest with you. We got two teams making their season debut in a new number one in Nell's Super Six Pack. Let's get right into it. Coming in at number six, may have some recency bias considering this was the last team to pick up a dub in week number four. Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks, what that group did to the New York football giants on Monday night, turning over Daniel Jones multiple times. They sacked him, I believe it was 11 different times on Sunday night, or excuse me, on Monday night. They're getting healthy on the offensive side of the football. They were down their left tackle and their right tackle during the early portions of the season. They had a tough loss against the Detroit Lions in week number two. But since that, since then, Seattle Seahawks are humming, man. Geno Smith protecting the football. They've got good balance offensively with Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. It's a good group, man. I told you all all offseason. The Seattle Seahawks are my sleeper team in the NFC. I picked them to win the NFC West. We'll see 
if they're still in contention as we get to the home stretch of the season. Coming in at number five, making their season debut in Nell's Super Six Pack, none other than the team we love to hate, Dakota Rain Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Coming in at number five in Nell's Super Six Pack, here is why. I honestly wanted to put them higher on the list, but the haters of the Cowboys out there have a really, really valiant point, valid point. They haven't played anybody yet. You lost to the Arizona Cardinals. You beat up on the New England Patriots. You smacked the Giants around in primetime. Who have they really beat to this point? They'll figure it out. And we'll find out on Sunday. It's the biggest matchup of the weekend. Sunday night football. Cowboys and 49ers from Santa Clara. You'll find out just how good Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are. Micah Parsons expected to be a full go in that one. I know he got nicked up last week in the victory over the Patriots. But it feels like right now. It feels like right now. This group. Talking about Dallas is on the cusp of really establishing themselves as the top team in the NFC. Because right now, if you had to ask me, it's Cowboys, Niners, Eagles, probably my top teams in the NFC. Dallas, right there, knocking at the doorstep. Number four, and now Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the NFL. The former number one team, benefit of the doubt, I was giving the Kansas City Chiefs all the credit in the world. That's what happens when you go to four AFC championships in five seasons. That's what happens. You get the benefit of the doubt. I use the old adage every time I talk about this Kansas City Chiefs team. If Kansas City had a such thing as football credit, if there was an experience of the NFL, if there was a credit karma, so to speak, if there was an Equifax report, a transunion report, in the NFL, the Chiefs would have the highest credit score possible. I'm talking about 825, 850. I'm talking about zero down payment on a $100,000 lamb. That's how good they've been. They're the closest thing we have in the NFL to a dynasty. And for that reason, even though they're off to a slow start, they remain in Linnell's Super Six Pack. Coming in at number three, Linnell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League, Brock Purdy. In the San Francisco 49ers. Look, Christian McCaffrey right now, for all intents and purposes, is probably the MVP of the National Football League. But just like Dallas, Niners ain't really played nobody yet. You beat up on the Giants. Really good win against the Rams on the road. You whooped Pittsburgh, who looks garbage. And you whooped the Cardinals last week. But this next stretch of ball for the Niners, home for Dallas, at Cleveland, at Minnesota, home for Cincy. You'll find out just how good Brock Purdy's bunch is. They come in at number three. Number two, in Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. It's the team Washington just battled with on Sunday for 60-plus minutes. The Philadelphia Eagles. Y'all are probably wondering, huh? This is the highest the Eagles have come in ranked in Nell's Super Six Pack. They were previously as high as number three. And I'm not saying Washington is some world beater, but on Sunday, for the first time this season, we saw that Philadelphia offense look explosive. We saw that Philadelphia offense for the first time this year 
show semblance of last year when Jalen Hurts and company were one of the top five scoring offenses in football. They figured it out on the ground at this point. But before Sunday, Jalen Hurts had multi-interception games, had yet to crack 300 yards passing. They just looked different, but on Sunday, at the expense of the burgundy and gold, the Philadelphia Eagles got right back on track. If there's one area that I have a little bit of concern with when it comes to Howie Roseman's bunch, it's the secondary. You saw Sam Howe throw for 290 yards on Sunday. Explosive plays all over the yard in the passing game. They lost Devontae Maddox, their starting slot corner. Howie Roseman, as the great executive he is, went out and addressed that, signing Nikhil Roby this, this, uh, this afternoon. So he's slated to come in and start on Sunday for the Philadelphia Eagles at that slot corner spot. They have a tough matchup on Sunday as well. They take on the team that's really come out of nowhere this year. Matt Stafford in the L.A. Rams. They got a date with the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday at home. We will see next week if the Eagles are still in an L Super Six Pack. Number one, new number one, making their, I wouldn't say they're making their debut, but that'd be a lie. They were here last week. But, man, there's one team right now in the National Football League, despite them not being undefeated, that looks far and away better than the competition. For the last three weeks, for the past 21 days, the Buffalo Bills have looked like the creme de la creme of the National Football League. You take away the week one stinker against the Jets. Josh Allen, ladies and gentlemen, has been, by and large, the best quarterback in football to this point. And if you had to put an MVP vote out right now, Josh Allen probably is at the top of your ballot. Coming off his best performance as a pro on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins for the first time in his career, Josh Allen registering a perfect 158.3 quarterback rating, 21 to 25, four touchdowns, 320 yards. And check this out. Not only did Josh Allen throw for over 300 yards, remember that? That narrative that was surrounding Buffalo coming out of the playoffs is the S-word. They were soft, Charmin soft after they got spanked by the Bengals in the postseason, after they nearly lost to Miami in the postseason. We were talking about the Bills being soft. They figured it out. Miami coming into Sunday was the most explosive offense in football, Buffalo, for the better part of four quarters dominated the Miami Dolphins, which is why they come in at number one in Nell's Super Six Pack. Run through it real quick. Six through one, Seattle, six. Dallas, five. Kansas City, four. San Fran, three. Philadelphia, two. Buffalo coming in at number one, and that is Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. A lot of different ways we can go here as we get ready to enter the final hour of power here on this Wednesday night edition of Overtime. We'll talk more about Commanders and Bears before we get out of here. When we come back, though, I want to take things over to the AFC. The AFC North in particular. The Cleveland Browns had a really funky situation happen this week at the quarterback position. As you saw on Sunday, Deshaun Watson did not start despite being medically cleared to do so. We'll get to the bottom of that next here on Overtime. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.